Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. It is currently May 3rd, 2022. I'm your host Q, joined by Saint. Saint's been a minute, man. What's what's going on? How you doing? I'm good, man. We done moved and got settled now, so everything's smooth. We get some more consistency going and building. Yeah. For the listeners, um, we did move kind of um, into a different location. How do you how do you feel about moving? And uh, was it a stressful time? It was. Uh... I don't really care for moving. Um, packing and all that other stuff isn't overly fun. Uh, but I hire movers now at this point. And it's always funny seeing um, movers show up and they're half my size. I'm like, look, man, go grab that couch and quit looking at me. Does it uh, tickle you inside that they were having maybe a rough time and you were like, oh, I could lift that? <laughs> <laughs> it tickles me inside just looking at their face uh, wide-eyed at me when they finally get to the door and I'm standing there. Wow, you like, hey, got a couple of your buddies to help. I said, yeah, I could have, but get that couch from over there because that's what you're getting paid for. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm going to move, man. <laughs> Definitely getting some guys to help. I'm not, I'm not doing the whole by myself thing anymore. No, we not uh, we not on that time anymore. I can't, I can't think of the last time I moved and didn't hire movers or help somebody move for that matter. Because it's like yeah. on the one end, you know, people want help moving, right? But they don't want you to tear anything up in the process, as if I'm a professional mover or something. Like, hey, can you help me get this heavy-ass couch out of here? But don't tear up the door or the wall in the process of getting it out of the house. Why don't you hire movers? Oh, well, you know, movers are expensive. They're professionals and got insurance going. So if um, something wonky does happen, the company will cover it. So just go with movers. All my cheap people out there in Radio Land. I'm going with movers most definitely never, unless it's like, me taking something out the box when it's already there and I'm unpacking it. I'm not moving anything, any trucks anymore. I'm good. <laughs> right. Well, it's been a while, man. We haven't did get a podcast. A lot has been going on in the sports world. You know, the NBA playoffs is a you know, occurring right now to all my baseball fans. Um, might not get a lot of baseball talk, but baseball season is here. Hockey playoffs is going on. College sports has ended. Um, let's just jump right into the NBA playoffs. We'll dabble into the first round a little bit. Uh, the biggest shocker, you were living underneath a rock. You, you didn't know. The Nets versus the Celtics. Celtics won 4-0. Um, Jason Tatum played out of his mind. Jalen Brown. Mark Smart, Defensive Player of the Year. They all did their job. KD, he did what he could. Seems like he was a little exhausted. Kyrie, tribute a little bit, but they seemed like they were still missing some pieces in order to get over that hump. Mm. I've been curious. I've been waiting to hear your thoughts on this whole um, Nets debacle. Um, a lot of people are calling for Steve Nash's job. Of course, they are. Let me, let, let me know what you think, man. It's just, should Nash be the coach next year? And then what do you think moves need to be made for Nets to uh, legitimately be a championship contender? To be a championship contender, you might have to bust up that whole team or uh, get really? better supporting cast around those guys. Because uh, I don't think, and I mean, James Harden obviously got treated, but since Kyrie and KD have been together, I don't think they've played a full season where nobody missed any games. Obviously, uh, with the um, with the mandates and all, Kyrie missed a lot of time before everything got lifted, which is another story and another rant. Um, and it's another rant. I, we, we're not talking about that right now. But they didn't have a ton of time to get consistency as far as just team building. And then the team didn't really 
score by themselves without one of those guys being on the floor. Um, Patty Mills, if his jump shot isn't falling, you know, what do you have? Blake is... And we call him washed. Is Kwame Brown still on that tear, cutting into what's we're talking about uh, players being washed and stuff? <laughs> I, you know what, man, with Blake, I don't... I don't want to say he's washed. He's definitely not in his prime, but I will kind of blame Steve Nash for kind of throwing him in like game three and game four. You haven't played him most of the end of the season or the first two games, and then you're trying to like, hey, I need help, I need help. You know, step up, step up. And it's like, this is not Blake in Detroit. It's definitely not Blake in L.A. So right. I don't know what he was expecting, but he did. I mean, I'll give Blake his props for what he did. It was all right, but I can see where you're going with that. <laughs> they don't have enough help. So KD usually can go get you 25, 30 points a game easy. Uh, Kyrie is definitely efficient as well. But if your bench isn't able to, you know, throw 25, 30 points in, then, you know, where else are you getting that scoring from? So I would say the bench needs help. Um, I don't know if a coaching change will make a difference because you do have two larger-than-life personalities there between Kyrie and KD. And you have to get the rest of those guys to buy into a system. I think Nash is passive enough as a coach to where it's not going to. Um, I don't know if you can put anybody else there and get those guys to buy in. Or I can't think of anybody, actually. Mark Jackson, no, because he's going to want defense. Uh, Frank Vogel, no. <laughs> He's a good coach, but you don't need to be with no teams with egos right now because, as you can see, uh, LA thing didn't work out. But we'll talk about LA later. Um, let me let me ask you this question now with Kyrie, AD, and then hopefully the returning Ben Simmons, which. We're still kind of lost on what's going on with that. I'm not sure how you get a herniated disc and you didn't play basketball. I don't know what you was doing. None of my business, but whatever. Do you think that they should just run it back another season with their current cast, with Ben Simmons added to the to the uh, team and, you know, see if they can build some chemistry? I don't see why not. They don't have anything to lose at this point. Um both Kyrie and KD are solidified as far as uh, Hall of Famers um, and just superstars in their own right. So, excuse me. I don't see any reason why not. Um, actually, now that you did mention Ben Simmons, I did want to ask because I heard someone say this and it just made my ass itch <laughs> for lack of a better word. They were saying, uh, oh, you know, Ben Simmons is making all those millions of dollars. Me talking about mental health issues. You shouldn't have no mental health issues. You making millions of dollars to play a game. As fans, are we are we desensitized to uh, the players just being human at the end of the day? You think, you know, I make decent money. I don't make NBA money at all. And I, I, I get stressed out. I have mental health issues. <laughs> so uh, I think more money, more problems. I don't know exactly what Ben Simmons is going through. However, um, I think we kind of, I don't, I, and this sounds bad. It's like, I don't know if I want to use Ben Simmons as the, uh, I guess the person to represent mental health issues when it comes to sports and things like that. Cause I don't know exactly what he's going through. And then also there's been conflicting reports, you know, ever since he's been in high school slash college about his attitudes, work ethic and him really wanting to play. So I don't know how 
you know, how that is. But I will say, man, people go through a lot, man. You got to take care of people's families. You got to make sure that you are straight. You got to make sure temptation on the road you don't fall into, whether it's um, habits, whether it's women, just things to that nature. So it does have an effect. I think sometimes we, from afar, we try to judge. Although, I ain't gonna lie, saying I've been talking shit about Ben Simmons <laughs> all year. I don't want to get on this podcast and be capping and lying and not saying that I haven't. But um, until we know some of the story, it's just, it's just hard to say, man. I, you know, you don't want to get on here and be like, man, Ben Simmons, what the hell is wrong with you? Right. And then something like drastic is like really going on in his personal life. We just, and then we feel bad. We're like, oh, my bad, bro. Right. Uh, right. You don't want to have to get at my bad at the end because you don't went too far. Yeah. And uh, but, yeah, oh, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think with the uh the net situation, man, we you know I'm I've been a Steve Nash guy, man, since he won them MVPs. I know saying he shouldn't have won some of them. He should have won either one of them. He said some of them. <laughs> Me, Shaq and Kobe out two years running. Nah, come on, bro. Anyway, go ahead. But he shouldn't have, I, I, he shouldn't have never had that job, man, because I understand he's a former player. He's smart. He was a point guard. He knows the game. There's a lot of experienced players that have, you know, done coaching. But some of these players, like Steve Kerr, was under the Popovich, you know, coaching realm. And then Steve Kerr was actually a general manager in Phoenix in the front office. So he understood how business went. Mm-hmm. Mark Jackson, the same way. Um, Mark Jackson built his players in the draft. That's why you have three Hall of Famers you got now with Draymond, Clay, and Steph together. That was because of Mark Jackson. So trying to compare him to those players is a little unfair. But I feel like he should never had that damn job. He should have started as an assistant coach. I hate to say it. I'd rather see D'Antoni get it. Let him get fired, then Nash take over. You got to look at it. Uh, he had no uh he wasn't on the Dan Tony tree, but just not out on the floor. I thought he was like a mentor coach yeah. type thing before getting the position. So he was like a consultant, I think, uh as far as like I think with the Lakers at one point he was a consultant. Uh maybe when Dan Tony was uh was in New York or his last gig in Houston, um he might have, you know, helped him out a little bit. But you know, Dan Tony's on a coaching staff now with Brooklyn, who's you know, rumored to be the next coach of the Charlotte Hornets. I don't know how that will work, but Dan Tony's good with offenses, so we'll see. But I just, I, part of me kind of feel bad for Nash because he just got kind of thrown into a bad situation. Is it a bad situation? Look, they were, they were a game out of, uh, they were a game out of uh, Eastern Conference. Oh, out of the finals, right? Because they lost to Milwaukee last year. Yeah, and they, uh, that's when Milwaukee went against Atlanta in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, they were a game out. Uh, I mean, prior to that, yeah, they didn't have the success. But KD was hurt the first year. I think Kyrie was hurt the second year. I mean, he had success uh, from the standpoint of getting to the playoffs and things along those lines with the right, with the right staff and all. Oh, yeah. It was a total failure. You have this, and I think it goes back to that whole fan thought, but we have this whole thing that if you have a top 10 player on your team, um, it's championship or bust versus uh, allowing teams to build and develop and all of this other stuff. So, oh, no, you got KD. I don't know. Y'all need to be in a championship. I said, wait, what? Come on, bro. How that work? Exactly. 
I want everybody, all you, you LeBron had to keep that same energy for KD because that was LeBron. I feel like it would be a lot more heat on him, which sometimes LeBron brings to himself when he plays general manager in the front office. So we have been told, I don't, LeBron don't get mad at me. I don't know how true that is, but that's what, you know, that's what been, that's been told. So I can understand that part. However, um, we need to give KD and those, those people that do it need to give KD some criticism as well. I will say that um, Steve Nash just had to endure a lot with, you know, the vaccine situation and players being sick and Kyrie not really wanting to get the mandate uh, of the vaccine, especially uh, with the New York rules and mandates that they have and set for him. He couldn't, it didn't make sense. So that's when I started kind of siding with Kyrie. It's like, okay, he's a home player and he doesn't want to get vaccinated so he can't play. But visiting players from out of the state can come to New York and if they're not vaccinated, they can still play. It doesn't make sense to me, bro. <laughs> so when you have a higher chance of people that are traveling from state to state or coming from different um, counties or areas that is coming to your home arena to play a game when they have a higher chance of COVID than versus somebody that's actually a home person. I, you know, I just, I don't know, whatever. That's New York politics. I don't know shit about it. Um, <laughs> what, uh, I think he had to do, Steve Nash had to deal with that. Then the whole trade with James Harden for Ben Simmons, not knowing what Ben Simmons was going to play. Then when the playoffs came, just see like KD was a little tired, man. I just think he was just like, he's trying, but it, it almost like you you getting jumped and you beating everybody up and then you like yo where y'all at bro? <laughs> right out of the energy eventually. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So, um, when I ask questions to you saying about the about the New Jersey uh New Jersey Nets, I'm we old school. We old school. Let me ask you about the Brooklyn Nets. I'm gonna ask you one more question. Uh, is do you think there's a situation where? one or the other has to go between Kyrie Irving and Steve Nash? I don't think so. Um, because if that's the case, Kyrie is going to get out of here before he get rid of Steve Nash. Uh, just because at this point, whether or not we, uh, whether or not we agree with Kyrie's methods for just how he does things, He's damaged and tainted as far as the league is concerned. And even before he was signed with Brooklyn, there were a ton of other uh, reports saying that they'll take KD. Uh, they'll take Kyrie if they're signing KD. But as far as just taking Kyrie by himself, he wasn't seeing that many offers. Um, with everything we need now with Cleveland to being in Boston, and now being a free agent. I mean, even now, um, they were talking that he doesn't have a, a ton of uh, leverage. He doesn't have a ton of, uh, he doesn't have a ton of leverage as a whole because he's damaged, so to speak. So yeah. he can lose his, he not sign the extension. And they're like, well, what are you going to do? Because nobody else is going to give you a max deal. So you're going to take this and call it a day, sir. Yeah. Uh, Got to look at it too. How many, franchises, I mean, the general managers want to take a chance on Kyrie and he finds a reason not to play. Ain't too many people want to deal with that. What sucks is that this new players agreement deal that's coming in the next year or two or whenever that's up, the players are going to really get screwed. They not, might not make as much as they're getting now because of 
you know, players, you know, don't want to play for certain teams so they don't play or they don't show effort or things to that nature. There's going to be a lot of crackdown on that so that the owners doesn't have to go through that because owners are getting frustrated. And although NBA is a player's league, still is a professional league. And you still want to be professional when you go about things. And I think sometimes Kyrie puts a foot in his mouth sometimes. Sometimes I can understand where he's coming from. Other times I'm like, yo, bro, I don't know what you're talking about, but whatever, you know, that's on you. You're the one making millions is your money, but I just sometimes I don't agree with everything he's saying. That's good. You know, we're human. We don't have to agree with one another. But yeah, man, the first round, you know, let, let's get to the next big story. I've been waiting for this. Wait, wait, wait. Utah wait, Jazz. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. going next. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting on this. So the Utah Jazz, Dallas Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks were able to pull off the series win four to two. Looks like the Jazz are probably going to break up that nucleus out there. Before I get on a tangent or anything, or before I say anything uh, that could be considered disrespectful to anybody that's playing for the Utah Jazz, um, I would just like to say that when you had told me about their perimeter defense not being up to par, I had to really take a step back and look and say, yo, I guess he is right after analyzing it. So I, I want to start off by saying that. But saying, I'm going to let you have the floor. I want to give your thoughts on the Utah Jazz and what happened in this series for uh, Luka Doncic to pull off the win, even though he didn't even play half of the series for the Dallas Mavericks to win this. <laughs> Uh, well, the biggest thing, like we just were talking about, was the defense. Ironically enough, um, it felt as if, well, it wasn't even felt as if Rudy got blamed for everything that was happening. But if you were watching it and looking at it objectively, you would see that his man was always open in that five-out scenario because one of those four other players got beat off the dribble. Not throwing any... Shots, but more often than not, Spider Mitchell was getting beat like a drum off of uh, the dribble. Mike Conley, who was a decent defender, I don't know what the hell happened to him, getting beat off the dribble. Uh, Mike, Mike Conley is a great, a good player. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know about him no more, man. He had Jalen Brunson. <laughs> Bro, he had Jalen Brunson looking like Tony Parker in 2011. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, Jalen Brunson averaged over 25 points per or more in that series. I don't get it. Great. No, I didn't. I mean, and so um, they became blame Rudy because his corner guy was always open. But the question that I was asking is, so where is his help if he's wrote If I step up help side... That means that my my teammate that's in front of me should know that he has the responsibility of my man that's in the corner. And then the top guy rotates out to hash kind of thing. And it almost it almost looks like uh, if you play 2K uh, at anywhere of a decent level or something that they do consistently in a five out scenario, um, you have the ball handler trying to get to the rim and you're just playing swing defense all the way around. At some point, everybody else just stopped playing swing defense and Rudy was the only one playing it. But then when you take him out of the lineup because they're giving up too many threes, you get people running to the basket free for layup, literally running free to the basket as if there was nobody in front of them and nobody stepping up and over to do anything. And there you go, giving up two points. So... (laughs) 
<laughs> that would end all of this by saying that I don't, while Rudy's a uh, liability on offense, because you would think that if I have my seven footer on the floor, I should just be able to toss the ball down there for him to go get me a bucket whenever I need a bucket. Since he can't do that, I give him blame for that. But uh, the struggles of them defensively, that's not that's not on Rudy's shoulder. That's on those four other guys who can't keep anybody in front of them, and those four other guys who refuse to help out once uh, someone rotates. Like you're taught to rotate. Yeah, you're right. I personally think the whole Donovan Mitchell Rudy Gobert partnership needs to end. It's not working at all. They need to blow that team up, like kind of like what they're doing with Portland. It, it just is just not working. Um, you you can't have such a good regular season and then always come up short in the playoffs. I am not a fan of Rudy Gobert, not at all. I feel like he is not a great player, and I think even defensively, I don't want to say he's overrated because he has those you no know, accomplishments, but I don't see it in my eyes. I just see a little, like you said, a liability in offense is always very weary to me, but he's in the league, and that's where it got him, so he's doing something right. I just think he needs, he doesn't, Rudy Gobert cannot be your second best player and you expect to win the championship. He has to be a third defensive piece, the rebounding, the getting alley-oops. You need another playmaker. You need another score in order to get over that hump. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to Mike Conley. Mike Conley is around our age, but at the same time, I still feel like he still has stuff in the. He still has enough in the tank, but he he cannot carry a Utah Jazz team, especially when Donovan Mitchell is your corner star franchise player. But he's coming up short on the defensive end. I I, I know Donovan was kind of banged up, and you know, but this is just not the first time this has happened. Hey, when it gets the Nuggets, what was that? Uh, the bubble mm-hmm. came up short um, last year came up short against the Clippers without a Kawhi Leonard or he, he wasn't even I think he got injured and Paul George just pretty much went ham on them yeah. so it, it comes a time where you have to kind of figure out what's really going on or what can you do to make this team I think Snyder the coach I think it's time for a new face there mm-hmm. um, with Dwayne Wade being in the front office now and ownership and Danny Ainge now Danny Ainge you already know how he is he will make a move in a minute mm-hmm. so I think this is the last time you will see the Utah Jazz as constructed currently. Um, I don't know. People I've been reading some of the rumors of uh, teams like Miami and going to stay with Love and Rudy Gobert, but I don't know if I'm willing to give up too much for him. Right. You know, that makes sense. So, anyway, um, we're going to jump to the second round because that's what's going on right now. Hold on, I'm uh, the second round. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, sir. If you're breaking up that team because you can get more value for uh, Donovan. Are you going to trade Donovan or are you going to get rid of Rudy Gobert knowing that you're not going to get a great return for him, but still in that same breath, it keeps the the face of the team. Um, that's a good question. You know, I think, of course, Donovan Mitchell, probably almost every team in the league would want him, but if you're the Utah Jazz, what are you going to get back for him? That's the question. You right. know, um, I think at this point, you might have to stick with Donovan 
But here comes the thing too. Those contracts that all three of them have are, are highly expensive. I mean, two hundred something million dollars, I think, for both Mitchell and Gobert. I think Mike Conley, he's in a hundred thousand or a hundred million, I'm sorry. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, I don't know who's gonna pick up those contracts, man. Right. To be honest, unless you are a team that is ready to just throw everything and you just have that much confidence in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert being that next step you need to get a championship. So I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking about it when uh they were talking about blowing the team up. So it's like do you do you get rid of uh uh defensive player or do you keep the offensive player? Because we got a, a almost a similar situation to Oklahoma City when you had Harden and uh, Harden and Serge. Who do you sign? Nobody expected Harden to turn into what he can, what he did. But yeah. Serge would had more upside at the time, and you can't predict what somebody does at the end. You're absolutely right. This is this is why uh, you need a good front man in your general office, general manager office to be able to make those type of moves because you look at certain teams that may move like that. Okay, so you never really recover fully from that uh, Harden, Serge Ibaka thing. And then also now that they had lost, you know, a couple of years later, Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. They're a nice young team rebuilding, but they've been rebuilding for quite a while. So, yeah, man, you got to be careful when you make those moves because that can have a lasting impact on your franchise. Great. Well, hands down, then you don't want to look back and be like, damn, we had that guy. <laughs> yeah, like the Pistons. I mean, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Got a little cold there. Um, <laughs> no, no shades, Detroit. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I just had to throw that in there. I mean, I um, still feel like they're going to uh, jack off this uh, Cade Cunningham thing, so... He's a pretty good player. And then just look, come on, Saint man. Dang, I don't want to be upset right now, please. I mean, Chris Middleton, Spencer Dimmel, <laughs> Tobias Harris. Yeah, I know. Craziness. Um, any more first round talk? Would you like to get in? Would you like to get into Minnesota and Memphis? I wasn't dis- I was disappointed, but I wasn't disappointed in Minnesota. I didn't expect them to win the series. <laughs> But then watching the series, you saw how close they were every flipping game, and they lost the lead every fourth. They should have won that series, man. They lost every <laughs> fourth quarter, they lost the lead. And while I personally don't consider Cat a superstar when it comes down to he's one of the best uh, centers in the league, hands down. But this points to it's like this is supposed to be your team, and you let the young and shoot y'all out of the game. Consistently, not even just, you know what I'm saying, a little bit. You literally let him shoot you out the game multiple times. I like Anthony Edwards, man. That's one of my favorite players right now, but he got to learn some discipline. Every every shot ain't a good shot. I know he, he's a good, good hell of a player, but it's frustrating as a team for you to, you know, jack up things like that. So I, I, I agree with you on that 100%. I think what was just telling of them talking so much trash in the middle of the game and then yeah. blowing these leads and they're losing. Like, you can't do that. You right. you know, they should have learned that the first time they did that, they were continually to do that the whole series and cause them to lose when 
clearly, clearly Memphis should have lost, either lost that series or that definitely should have won seven games. No, they should have lost that series. They were winning at least five of those games going into the fourth quarter. Just it's a damn shame. Cat <laughs> gotta relax. Cat gotta stop. A cat is a, a good shooter. He gotta stop thinking he dirt though. You gotta stop doing that too. Because I mean, statistically, he's a he better shooter than Dirk was, which is insane to think. But I think the big man is just relying on that three too much. I like how MB kind of he mixes it up a lot. He's not relying because remember last year he was heavy on that three point shot, and I used to get so pissed off. Like, dude, get your ass down the block. Get the post. They can't stop you. <laughs> Don't go to your strengths. They're not double teaming you. So mine as well. So now I like thinking B has learned, especially with him and Jokic, they learn how to kind of balance. Even Giannis, they know how to balance. Mm-hmm. And I think Cat got to learn too. They like you have to be able to pull that out when it's needed and when you're available. Don't force it because now, like you, we were just talking about it before the, you know, uh, before the air when Giannis hit a three, he was like, "Hey, you can beat me with that. I'll let you live." Yeah, had them all game. So you don't want to get to that where teams are like, oh, I mean, you're a good shooter, but I don't, I don't believe in you like that. No, no go ahead. You're going to take seven of them? Cool. <laughs> um, so right now we have Memphis going against Golden State. We have Milwaukee versus Boston. We have um, Dallas versus Phoenix. And then the other um, game we have is, um, what is that? Um, what's the Miami versus Philly? Yep. Out of all these second round matchups, saying which one are you more intrigued by? I'm intrigued to see when Embiid comes back because they use that word indefinitely. That used to mean something back in the day. That just means a couple of weeks now. Um, so I'm curious to see when Embiid comes back if it brings in a different, uh, bringing a different vibe to that series. Uh, I'm also curious to see if Arden still has enough in the tank to. Um, carry Philly over the home. Now, do you agree with this whole thing that Harden has lost a step and he's not nowhere? <laughs> Pretty much I've been hearing reports, oh, he's washed. You think he's washed? Washed? No. Okay. I don't think he's washed at all. Now, has he lost a step? Definitely. Um, but... I mean, me and you too, man. We both lost. We all did lost some steps. Yeah, he, <laughs> playing for 13 years and playing at a high level for at least the last... <laughs> Six of those 13 years. You got the MVP stuff and then leading the league in scoring and being usage rate. I mean, that does all impact you um, as you progress in your career, unless your name is LeBron, who's slowing down in year 17. Um, but Wash, no. Is he the Harden from Houston? Definitely not. Uh, but I think he he's also trying to do a better job of being a facilitator more so than just going out and scoring 60 every game. Because it's not sustainable yeah. for the playoffs. Not only with him losing a tad bit of a step, but I think he's just getting older and getting smarter. Mm-hmm. He knows that him forcing up 20-some shots a game is not going to get them to win anymore. He already tried that formula. We got on him for, you know, just chucking up shots, but padding the stats. Now he's kind of like being conservative. Now we're on him. You know, it's like, damned if I do, damned if I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was reading a, um, an 
article by Colin. I think it wasn't even an article. Actually, it was Colin. Um, Kyle heard it was on the herd today. He said at heart, it's okay that Harden is not necessarily the your first or second option. He's a good, he's a great third option at this point in his career. That means he can orchestrate and being a third option on the team is not saying that you're bad either. No. It's just that he right now in the part of his career, he's a facilitator. He, he can set people up. He's getting beat all the shots that he needs. And then when he needs to pull something out of his bag, he, he has that available if he can. I don't think he's washed. I just think that you got to remind yourself too that he got traded in the middle of the season. So he's still getting adjusted with guys' preferences and guys' um, weaknesses and strengths. So I give him that. I don't want to be too hard on him because he, he he sees more potential with Philly than he did Brooklyn. He's seen that maybe Brooklyn was uh, not quite what he wanted to be. I don't want to say shit show, but uh, he's just not <laughs> where he wanted to be. Um, Saying, what do you think about... Um, you know, I wanted to ask you this because this was a question from the uh, viewer, one of the viewers that listened to the show. He said, you know, hey, Hell Saint, Luka Dines got out the first round. He's going against Phoenix right now. He dropped 45 yesterday. I made sure you ask him. Can you start giving him, can you can you give him that Luka legend uh, nickname yet? And can you give him his props now, finally, that he's out the first round? I, see, that was the part that was weird about the question, because I don't think I ever didn't give him props. I said he was a great player. I just didn't. They compared him to Larry Bird. <laughs> That's what I took issue with. Like, he's nowhere near anything Larry Joe Bird was. I heard today he's a better player than than Dirk. This is what I heard today on uh, sports radio. And I just didn't, uh, I just, I, I can't, Dirk got a, not only a ring, but yeah, Dirk Jersey really, I mean, Dirk was in the league for like 18 years, man. So it's kind of hard for me to say that about somebody that's been in the league for four. I don't even yeah, think he's been in for four years, right has he? It's about four, about four, going almost five. Because you got to look at it. It's about four years, I believe. Because you got to look at it, too. Um, We had players like Derrick Rose, Brandon Roy, these great players. We, we proclaimed them as potential Hall of Famers, future championship uh, contender teams, and then, they, you know, injury happens. So it's kind of quick. I want to give Lucas some time before I start personally giving him the Luca legend. <laughs> Nickname. I guess the from what he was telling me, he's just like, man, yeah, get that boy some props. So I guess he he must. From what I've talked to him, sometimes he's a, a buddy from college. He's a huge Luca fan. So I've not seen he's not is. a dog. I've said he's a dog multiple times. I just said you can't call yourself Luca Legend, and you've been out of the playoff, been out of the first round one out of four times. And that's just not how legends work. <laughs> I ain't never seen no legend do that. What do you see um, as we watching the Dallas and Phoenix series? Um, speaking of Luca, do you feel that this should be an easy series? Phoenix and five. Oh, you got him at five. Okay, uh, I'm giving him a game. I mean, well, yeah, Luca put up forty five, but they nobody else did anything. And I mean, no matter what way you cut it, forty five isn't going to beat ninety. Uh, there's not any other consistent score on that Dallas team. And so Luca looks like a god, which, I mean, he's putting up buckets, so he has to be doing right. something right. But at the end of the day, 
if you're just worried about, all right, we're going to let him go ahead and do what he's going to do. And then no one else is going to be able to do anything. You should win that. Or you should win it five out of five times, but easily four out of five times. You should win that matchup. And that's kind of what it looks like Phoenix was doing to him. Just, all right, Lucas. And then we make you work on defense. All right, go ahead. Yep. You're amazing. Luca Magic. Go ahead and listen to things going. Let the things going. All right. Uh, yep, yep, yep. And I see him being able to pull one of them out, but not too many. Okay. Um, yeah, Memphis and Golden State today. Right now, we have Boston currently um, in live time. Boston is up seven. Beating the doggy biscuits out of an upset, though, is it? Based on rainbow. Uh, you know, Milwaukee was the champions last year, so I mean, you can take it. yeah, I, I agree. And then I think Boston just has a new moxie about them with you know Udoka. You you say you like that move that Udoka uh, in the beginning of the season, him being the new coach. So yeah. I think that's helping them out a lot, and they're playing a lot better, especially like they, they honestly play small. If you, I don't want to say they play small, but they're they have length, but they don't have like a traditional big guy. They don't have a back to the basket guy except for Horford, and he's a stretch four pretty much. So mm-hmm. um, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if Boston win a series because you like you said, Middleton is out and he. Might not even come back for the series, I don't think. Right. It's still up in the air whether or not he's gonna come back. Well, we don't know what indefinitely means. So he might just based on the the definition of indefinitely changing in the last 20 years. But right. chances are old Boston should have the series just off of Tatum and uh JB doing their thing. Yeah, they're up seven uh eighty eight to seventy one for a quarter. So this sh- they should. I mean, they ain't Minnesota, so they should pull it out, yeah. I should have bet it live live betting with Minnesota. <laughs> Just <laughs> put all put twenty five dollars on Memphis coming back. I probably don't want some bread. Every time. Every fucking so, time. <sighs> any any last thoughts, man, on the NBA playoffs? We kind of just, you know, went the certain series. I mean, we went to the Philly, Memphis, Milwaukee. Um, any thoughts on the, um, the Golden State and uh, Memphis? Do you see that going seven games as well, or see that just going six? I see it going, uh, I want to say Golden State in six, just based on uh, experience taking over. But since you're mentioning Golden State, I did hear something that made me think uh, when Draymond got uh, he got ejected for grabbing old boy by his jersey and throwing him down. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, Charles Barkley was talking to him and he was like, so what if somebody hits stuff like that? Is that not a flagrant? Uh, mm. Are... Is, are we at a point now where Draymond is just getting officiated for things that he's done in the past, or is it uh, a case by case nature like it should be? I think a little bit of his reputation. We we know I know Draymond has reputation of being a little feisty defender and him having certain questionable fouls and whatnot. I mean, I understand as a you know playing basketball, basketball, somebody pulling your jersey, how that can be kind of a dirty move. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he was like super malicious with him. Like I didn't see him like just throw him to the ground and you know look over. I think he he was trying to catch him in the meantime, like trying to pick him up in the, in the same instance. So I mean, honestly, bro, I think 
at the NF, I mean NFL, the NBA, which is, I was an NFL move. Uh, the NBA, um, we're, we're just trying to make sure that that didn't happen again. They don't want to see players doing a copycat thing of pulling jerseys now, stop players from getting uh, points or following them. But, you know, it had to do a lot with Draymond's um, past and him being such a aggressive player. Right. No, that's uh, literally what it all is. Hey, you, want, you want to talk a little bit of NFL real quick? Oh, yeah, yeah. My Saints out here making moves, man. They, they done signed the Honey Badger. I'm happy with the draft. Your Lions actually had a good draft for once. <laughs> my Lions. Every what? time you say that, I just cringe like my lion. I'm just stuck with them. <laughs> um, yeah, they had a, the Lions had a, a great draft, I think, just because we're all used to Lions doing dumb stuff and they didn't actually make any moves. A lot of people are not uh, pleased with the Jameson uh, move where they moved up in the draft and picked one of the best receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's coming off ACL injury, uh, but he should be back hopefully by um, sometime in November, and, you know, by Thanksgiving, I heard. So we'll see what happens. Um, however, um, Overall, as far as the NFL, it's been a lot of moves. We had Russell Wilson going to Denver. Uh, we had A.J. Brown and Tennessee Titans, the wide receiver, getting traded to Philly. Um, got Debo still in the midst of trying to get a trade somewhere. Tyreek Hill went to Miami. Um, any offseason moves? I know you're, you're pleased with the Saints picking up uh, the Honey Badger. Any mm-hmm. other offseason moves that you're liking right now? We got Deshaun Watson going to Cleveland. I don't like uh, that. Either. You don't like that move? Why that doesn't make any sense to that. me. Uh, I mean, you I don't think he's a there. better fit than Baker. Everybody is a better fit than Baker, but uh, <laughs> from a success standpoint, uh, I don't see how that's not working or how that works for Deshaun. Right? I get it. He get in the bag, but Cleveland's not in the running to be good for the next ever. So if your goal is to win championships, I don't see how going there is going to help. Hmm. I think it's decent. Like you said, it's an upgrade. Any, uh, from, at this point, anything is an upgrade from Baker, even with Baker and Mayfield's attitude is crappy. Um, I like that move. Uh, one move, the move that I kind of intrigued by is the... Um, I guess you could say the lack of quarterbacks that weren't picking this draft because it wasn't mm-hmm. a quarterback draft. No, I think a lot all. of teams, a lot of teams are betting on next year. I think Notre Boy CJ Stroud come out next year for Ohio State. Uh, Bryce he be a sophomore next year. He's a sophomore this year. He might come out. I think. Yeah, I think he might be able to come out. And you still got Bryce uh, um, Young from. Uh, Alabama, you have the now USC quarterback. He was in Oklahoma. Um, that particular quarterback. You got a couple others that's in different teams. One from South Carolina that well, he trained. He was a um, I can't think his name, but he was an actual quarterback for Oklahoma. Got a spot taken. Now he's in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. He, he'll, I think he's able to come out next year, either next year or the year after, one of the two. But yeah, I think the these teams are just like, yo, we're not, we're not going quarterback heavy right now because we see how a quarterback can change your franchise, and by just adding any quarterback just because there's a draft. That might hurt us in the long run in the future. So I think right. a lot of teams are waiting next year. Um, 
what are your thoughts on the Debo Samuels situation? He wants to get paid like a receiver, but they use him as a running back receiver. They just use him for everything. Um, do you feel like that is the right move to request a trade since you're not getting your, your money? And what team do you see him possibly maybe going to? Mm, that's a good question, actually, because I don't... He reminds me a lot of Percy Harving minus uh, some of the other skill position stuff that uh, Percy was doing. But where do you put him? Right. Like like somebody that you just get the ball out to. And at this point, the Niners have built him into the offense. But there's not a I don't know of another team that has a role for him. Like they have that scat back kind of thing. Like we got Camara in uh, New Orleans. But I don't know where else you would put uh, Debo and have him do what he does. And the question becomes, if he goes to another team, is he still that? Is he still 49ers Debo? Or he's just getting 50 yards rushing, another 120 receiving, and then mm-hmm. in the kick return game, making noise as well. Players are going to yeah. play, but still don't know. So do you spend the money to see if that's a possibility or do you stick with what you know? And, and um, everybody's not going to have it. Yeah, everybody's not going to have that 49ers playbook. They're mm-hmm. going to be able to run the same thing. Um, I understand where he's talking about. He, he want to get that money because he's like, yo, y'all, y'all using me everywhere. But the thing about it is that the NFL is starting to see, I think they have over the past few, four or five years, the, the shelf life of an actual running back. Mm-hmm. So he, he might be looking at that like, don't classify me as a running back, put me as a receiver. Because they honestly, when you watch the 49ers, they use them a lot for yeah running back for running plays. So he's like, yo, yo, let me, let me relax on that because I, I want to get my money. Um, I would say the Cowboys, <laughs> maybe. Um, we got Zeke know, though. Have, and Pollard. Well, Where's he fit there? I mean, I don't know. Um, I mean, they do, they did give up Amari. So they, they think CD Lamb going to be their number one receiver, I guess. But um, I don't know. Uh, I'm just naming teams out there. <laughs> I would have said <sighs> I, I, the teams that I've so far have seen, I've actually seen Detroit in the running. I was like, oh, oh, wow. That will be quite interesting. Um, and then I've seen uh, two other teams that possibly Pittsburgh. I saw, even though they got Najee Harris, they would love to add him as like him replacing Juju, I guess, as yeah. their priority on offense. So, I mean, there's teams that will want him, but who's going to give him that money? Right. That's the, that's the question. Like we were talking about what Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, those contracts, it's about that. At the end of the day, it's about that money. Who mm-hmm. want to be able to take on that contract? Do you think Juju Schuster is a number one? Considering he's yeah. uh, is it the Chiefs now? Hell no. <laughs> I I I thought he was. Nah, he he's a he's a really good number two. Um, as we can see, like when the attention is all focused on him, I don't think he can get open like he was getting when him and Antonio Brown were on the same team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 
Patrick Mahomes would set him up pretty well, that offensive over there in Kansas City. But it's definitely not going to – not, they haven't filled a void, I don't think, of losing Tyree Hill. That's going to be a huge blow to Kansas City. So I wonder what they're going to do. I know they picked up a wide receiver in the draft that's pretty crafty, so we'll see. Um, I wanted to ask you, too, as we're talking about the NFL, man, like – Devontae Adams, he got traded. He's in uh, Las Vegas with Derek Carr on the Raiders. Like, is that like sabotaging Aaron Rodgers or like what's going on? Because it seems like he has really not any weapons now, most definitely. Like, he only has like a couple. I know their running game is pretty good, but what do you, where do you see Green Bay? Do you see him falling off? Mm. Falling off in what sense? Because I mean, they've been underachieving. Do you see them years? You see them begin. I I see them, even though they're in the NFC North. I still I don't see them as like I don't know. Maybe they maybe they will just because of their division. But yeah, they gonna win the division. It's just like man. What is, Aaron Rodgers is to assign his extension as the top paid player in the league or the top quarterback in the league. And right. They took his weapon from him. So, I, you know, I'm just curious to see what the plan is for him. What's the next move? Because it seems like they're at a standstill. Mm. Uh, I don't know if there's one. I, and I don't like comparing sports, but I almost want to throw it in like that whole LeBron thing uh, category that – He's up there in age now, and we have every excuse in the world as to what and why when they're not winning uh, championships. So that's what we count gold status on is, well, look at all the records or look at the help that he has, so on and so forth, because you have Devontae and still couldn't get over the hump. Uh, yeah. And then um, because he didn't, and now he doesn't have them. You lose now. Well, he don't have any help for real. So, mm, yeah, he might be a player that needs Debo. <laughs> <laughs> they can he use him. Yeah, I think that would be a good fit. Um, wrapping up NFL talk, man. I'm gonna ask you this right now. It's still early. It's early, man. It's way early. It's May. I don't even think we got the OTAs yet. Um, what do you What do you think? Uh, as far as this whole, I guess you could say quarterback phenomenon, you have to have a franchise elite quarterback in order to make it in this league. Do you feel that that's the way to go right now? It's not the running back, it's not the receiver, it's not the defense anymore. You gotta have your Josh Allen's, your Herbert's, your Mahomes, your Lamar Jackson's and, you know, et cetera, your Aaron Rodgers, Brady, you got to have these players. And if you don't have you a lead quarterback, like you, no offense, but Jared, if you got a Jared Goff, you ain't going nowhere. So you got a Mitchell, you got a Mitchell Trubisky, you ain't going nowhere. You got a Kirk Cousins, you ain't going nowhere. Well, that was still hurting, bro. They, they took Mitchell Trubisky <laughs> and there was Deshaun, there was Patty. I think Josh Allen was also in that same. He took him second, man. I would have signed Ryan Fitzpatrick before I did that. But, I mean, Steelers, I mean, I guess they needed a quarterback, whatever. Rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins as well. 
But um, yeah, what are your thoughts, man? Do you think that just the NFL is a quarterback driven league now? Yeah, it's definitely a quarterback driven league, and it's a passing league too. Um, so you either need you a gunslinger or you need a, a good clock manager. So if a Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you have the uh, the dogs to back him up, or you know an Aaron Rodgers, if you want the, your seats filled, kind of thing. Um, but having a mediocre, I mean, midline quarterback isn't going to get you far uh, when it gets down to trying to get to where you're trying to get to. And then in the NFL, um, so we had Jameis Winston, and yeah, you see, we won with five damn games or nine games. Shoot, so it was like, were you upset that they didn't go for Deshaun? Well, they tried. The they tried. He wasn't oh, having it though. Yeah. Then they decide. Then they sign uh, Jameis to another two-year extension. I said, "Boy, I just—I'm about to become a Lions fan. Y'all pissing me off." <laughs> so, you—you're uh, not too keen on Jameis. I thought he had a decent season before he got hurt. I'm not keen on his decision making. Uh, his decision making has always been a thing for me, um, and I think that's why he ended up struggling so much in Tampa. Indecisiveness doesn't know where to. Oh no, he know where he's going with the ball. It don't matter if somebody from the other team is standing there. He's going there. Uh, (laughs) Ah, lack of awareness. He wasn't indecisive at all. He said, "Look here, the ball is going to number 12 (laughs) You got four people over. I can get it in there. Watch this. Oh man, he he's. I will say he's gotten better, but then now you like you had to say like they don't have Sean Payton anymore. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know how this is going to work with the Saints. I know you. I, I'm you, happy you consider this. <laughs> I forgot you not. You you got tired of him. I did after that second attempt at an extension to Drew Brees. I said, bro, let him. He can't throw the ball ten yards down the field, man. We need to let his ass go. Get him the hell um, out of here. Oh, well, you know, Drew Brees, the most winning this country, he ain't winning when it counts. <laughs> no, get his ass up out of here. So, as far as the um, Saints organization, do you feel that they do not need to do anything drastic like the Michael Thomas rumor of him getting traded and or Kamara? They don't need to do anything right now, right? They just need to keep what they got, see what they can do. And that was it the NFC South with uh, Tampa and Carolina? Uh, yeah, we, not unless you're just breaking down and going full rebuild mode, but that wouldn't make sense to sign Honey Badger at that point. If you're just breaking down and going full rebuild mode, it sounds like uh, they're making a run at making a run. So, yeah, so leave everything as is. We still don't have a damn quarterback. Um, so... Yeah, it's weird. I'm sorry, James, man. I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to root for you, man. No, he hurt. He tore his ACL. Oh yeah, that is true. But I heard he might be back though. Um, well, because that's where he at. (laughs) (laughs) So what you gonna gonna roll with Tyson Hill? No, he a tight end now. Oh, they said we not having that no more. More than tight end after paying them all that money. Oh, see, that, that was a question. I'm like, yo, he getting bread. Yep, and don't get balls thrown this way. It's the craziest joke ever. Yeah. 
What's there any any last thoughts on NFL, NBA, anything that's on your mind? Uh, then we the only question I think I forgot to ask you was the tweet by Paul Pierce uh, regarding. He feels like Jason Tatum is in the midst of surpassing Kevin Durant. I'm maybe we'll leave off on that. Uh, what are your thoughts on Paul Pierce? Because I have nothing positive to say about Paul Pierce as the uh, basketball player. I don't know him as a person. He's probably cool. But <laughs> I, I don't like him as a basketball player. I, I just have a disdain to talk about Celtics. But go ahead. What do, what do you think, man? Uh, well, he he. He's in that category of perk for just having really nut shit uh, takes on things. He's like, bro, what are you talking about? No, I can't stand perk to talk. You don't like like perk? I like perk. Nah, I can't. How'd you get a job, man? You're picking mugs up off the street, huh? That should apply to get in there. (laughs) Some of his takes, boy, have you like, wait a minute now. I think Paul Pierce points directly to what's wrong with the media as a whole now for us. It's that whole logic of they're not saying stuff for it to just be credible. They're saying stuff to try to get shock out of you and get you to go, wait, what the hell are you talking about, bro? It's clearly having one good series doesn't erase all of the work or one bad series from, from KD doesn't erase all the work that he's put in over his career uh and that one series doesn't catapult um it doesn't catapult jason tatum and surpassing kevin durant like he's so after that one series jason tatum's a top 75 player of all time like i don't think where, where are you getting this from bro <laughs> just because your team is doing well like no nah, that's not how that works man the man had a good series yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, nah, man. I, I'll just say shortly because, uh, like I say, I, I don't want to drop any f bombs on um, this podcast. I, I'm, I'm waiting for something crazy for me to do that. That ain't crazy. Uh, that, that is insane. I don't think he's surpassed. He's he's 24 years old. He's playing out of his mind. He's a great player. He's probably in the top. You can maybe put him in the top 10 right now as far as current players or top 15. He's balling. But like you said, Kevin Durant is KD. See, when y'all, see, when people do that and these players hear that, now I watch KD next year, it's just going to go nuts. Go at JT. Something crazy. So the next time they play Boston in a regular season, I wouldn't be surprised if KD dropped 50 just because he's – I I feel like KD, I, I have been critical of him at times in the past, man, but I got to give him all the props, man. He he played pretty much the whole season. I mean, he missed like 15, 20 games. He just came off of Achilles injury um, three years ago, but he had just played his first full season, what, this year or last year? So he he's, you know, to me, he's showing that – Yo, I'm, I'm still a bucket. I still can do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, he just at this point in his career is that even with Russ, even with Steph and Clay, he just needs that extra support cast. And Kyrie, he, when he played him, him and KD did play together. They played decently, but there were some games where Kyrie will disappear. That's just what it is. So, 
nah, he ain't surpassing KD quite yet. Let, let's get him a ring first. Let's get let's get Tatum uh, MVP let's get first. Two rings and the MVP. <laughs> let's get him some yeah. first All NBA stuff uh, credentials. And then we just like you said, shock value the media, and then we jump to the gun too quick. But Tatum is a dog. He'd be balling. And I want to before we end our talk, I, I would like to. I know this is off subject. I need to apologize to you and uh, Brandon Ingram. And I told you he was all the times I said the Lakers should have kept Kuzma instead of Brandon Ingram because Brandon Ingram is the guy is man, he's a beast, bro. Dog. I was like, what was I thinking? Clearly, I don't need to be in the front office of any NBA teams because I was like, yeah, let him go, man, let him go. <laughs> Damn, just sit your ass over there next to Perk. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the best thing for Brandon Ingram was to leave LA, mm-hmm. honestly. Because I'm like, now I'm looking at that Pelicans team, although I'm not putting all my marbles on Zion. They have a decent young team. I'm not putting anything on them. They, they looked way more competitive than Utah. <laughs> At least they oh, yeah. fought. Well, they were another young team too. They they could have gotten uh, Phoenix out of there. I think um, just with that Andrew weren't Booker. Able, yeah, well, they just weren't able to close out the games. That was really what it was. Uh, I don't. I don't know, man. Kids not closing out gaming, but it, it's experience for them. Uh, yeah, all these teams are young teams that are yeah. coming. Like, I think the NBA is just we're in that point where we reaching a change kind of, of the like guard, change of the guard. That's yeah. all that is. You know, I I went to Chipotle and I was just another off subject. I went to Chipotle a couple of days ago and somebody. It was a younger guy. He asked me a question like it's about one of his coworkers trying to be funny. I guess he was at we're calling him something off a of SpongeBob. And I was like, well, shit, I got kids. So I know what you're talking about. And he was like, all right, OG, what you need? I'm like, OG. Oh, Wait, what? I'm looking around like, yo. He ain't talking to me. Yes. I'm like, dog. So it's, it's definitely the changing of the guard, man. You know, these young players, man, that's the reason why they get paid millions is to perform and they just doing their thing. So I wanted to shout out Brandon Ingram and apologize to you and him for uh, being critical of him over the past three or four years. So do you, do you take with what you just saw of that team and what they were able to put together and Zion not playing at all, are you willing to get rid of them now at this point? Well, Zion? Yep. Absolutely. Like, hey, we can get some more pieces. I mean, we they played the play in. They got a new coach in Willie Green, who's an excellent coach. I wouldn't, okay, I won't say get rid of them this upcoming season. Let's see what this season brings. And if it's still the same, you know, I can't hoop because of my weight or because of my foot, then we might need to cut ties, you know. <laughs> um, we might need to find somewhere for you because they can, there's going to be a, a NBA team out there just because of the hype of Zion that's going to willing to throw everything at him. So I'm thinking that maybe possibly that they can find some pieces to surround Ingram, McCollum, uh, some of their young talent. They got some dogs, man. So they need to, you know, David, David Griffin, the former 
uh, GM of the Cleveland Cavaliers. He he knows what he's doing. So I'm pretty sure that he probably already crossed his mind. Like, okay, I see what we're doing. Let's see what happens next year because I, I guarantee you, like, there's a disconnect between Zion and New Orleans Pelicans. There has to be because for him to say that he's ready to play and then they say that, that he's not, there's something going on. So we'll see. I don't know, man. Everyone's getting hype over those damn, uh, what is it, two, three dunks that he threw out. And I, I like he barely got off the ground to me. And then he was limping gingerly after doing it. And I said, no, nah, you tell fat ass back on the bench, sir. He looked like me getting up out of bed. They're <laughs> like, ah, man, I'm kind of sore. Let me get up. Now, he, he got up, but it wasn't as... He's he's big, man. He's a big guy. Yeah, he a lot was, of explosion. I mean, coming back, 300 pounds, coming back down on them knees after all that. And that foot. Mm-hmm. I learned my lesson a few years ago with my Achilles injury. I said, nope. Unless I'm under a certain amount of weight, I ain't doing it. Yeah. <laughs> a lot I ain't gonna try to dump. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to me, but I don't know. I would I don't even know if there's a cap for the games, right? If he gives me fifty games and they look promising, then maybe. But yeah, he's in my mind become a trading piece. Mm, I think so. I mean he he got some <laughs> He'll get some attention in New York. Definitely. Yeah, he wants to go back to, he wants to be big market anyway. He, uh, he, I ready for that type of media. They're going to eat him alive if he don't get it together. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, your Knicks were good for what, like a year and a half and then got back to being bad again. And they didn't so ran those out of there. <laughs> no, he, he's done. He's done too. Yeah. He might be out of the NBA, though. Oh, um, I don't know. He, Who's taking Randall? I don't know who's taking him. He's yeah, undersized four. I mean, he's an undersized four, and not only an undersized four, but uh, he doesn't really handle the ball all that well, too. So where are you sending him? Or who's signing him? Because I think he's a free agent. So he don't want max money. Who giving him max money? Well, you know the Jazz giving out free money, so I say Utah. <laughs> Let me shut up before somebody get on my. Head. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, so you swapping him out for Gobert? No. Oh man, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> oh, and then we'll really see what the issue is with that team. That. that... <laughs> Oh, it's Rudy Gobert. Bro, there, nobody's playing any defense. He can't be the defensive player of the year and just letting people walk into the lane. I'm, I might not go that far. I'll give Gobert some a little bit of respect. Uh, he might be like, I hate to say, he might be a good piece for like the Atlanta Hawks or something. You know, like that's the only team I can maybe possibly think he can help out like a up and coming team. <laughs> They got John Collins down there, though. He's not happy, so I don't know. Mm. I hate to send that man to OKC. Uh, That's a young team. Don't do that to them. Don't do what? Don't do that to them. Yeah, right. They'll need that kind of attention down there. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, they they already got growing pains. You don't need to bring somebody down there on top of the growing now. 
Yeah. All right. Say, is there anything else you'd like to end the podcast with? Anything else on your mind? Or we all we we got to mostly everything. We got through most of it. I would say I'm gonna go ahead and leave my social media down here for folks to send questions and things along those lines. But I promise you, you're not gonna see anything with me throwing around heavy weight. So I don't know if you want to look at that. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing sports related in it at all. It's definitely all uh, me squatting something heavy, deadlifting something heavy, or benching something heavy in that order. So, not around with that. Yeah. yeah we got to get you back out to the gym one of these days here, too. Just don't, don't kill me. No. <laughs> You'll live. You get to ask you, did you die? But did you die? I want to do a back day. I want to see what you want to kind of get that in. I ain't going to be deadlifting like your ass, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, throw, I'll throw around a little bit of weight. I mean, you know, deadlift's a back builder. Gives you a big old thick back. So, you know what I'm saying? Start there and kind of just go. Yeah, that's true. I'll be ready. Eventually. Sure. Sounds good to me. <laughs> well, I would like to thank everybody for listening to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. Um, if you want to catch up previous episodes or catch our current episode now, you can check us out on Anchor, Apple, Anchor. Well, I said Anchor twice, Apple, Google Podcasts, and other platforms that you know support podcasts. And then also follow that Instagram page on Roundtable Sports Podcast. Send us a DM, comment, let us know what you think. And if you ever you know have any questions, we're here to answer. Yeah. All right, catch you guys next week. Thank you.